Welcome back to the Legal Diaries podcast. We chat about everything from small business to sustainability and mindset, law to health, finances to relationships. We want to provide you with the practical and actionable steps to smash your goals. So grab a drink, sit back and get ready to build your empire with Legal Diaries. So hello everyone and welcome back to another Legal Diaries podcast. I'm joined today by the wonderful Tom Arnold, who is um, one of the co-founders of the infamous, potentially, uh, TikTok Go House, the first <laughs> of its kind um, in Ireland. Um, so yeah, I'll hand over to Tom to um, introduce himself. What's up, Danielle? <laughs> Happy Monday. Um, yeah, I guess... For those of you who haven't heard of me, which is like probably 99.999% of the world, Thomas Arnold, 23, just finished a bachelor's degree in business from UCD. And as you said there, uh, I'm co-founder of The Go House. Hey, Dima. I'm co-founder of The Go House, uh, which is Ireland's first and only TikTok creator house. And before that, and still a little bit now, I run a video production company called Fearless Media, which I started when I was 18. And I built up to about six figures in reg- revenue by this year. So it's been a it's been a cool journey since I was twelve when I first started making videos. It's been ten years, and I guess that's the sum up of today. <laughs> yeah, and like what, like so to get started, like what got you into videography at the age of twelve? Like what made you pick up a camera and go, "I'm going to do this"? Yeah, it wasn't videography when I was twelve. It was I was on holidays with my parents, and I just had this feeling I wanted to do a video and I remember picking up my dad's uh like Sony camera and I just had this idea for a skit and sort of filmed it with my sister bashed it together on my dad's old Dell laptop put it into an edit and I wanted to publish it on YouTube dad wouldn't let me but I remember having this weird rush of oh my god I love doing this and it's it was just a great way to express myself and I sort of, that's how I started on YouTube was I started making cricket videos when I was around the age of 13 because they were educational. Dad thought they were, it was worthwhile posting. So uh, I started doing that when I was 13, 14, uh, did about 20 of them over the course of a year or so. And um, it was sort of my first foray into making content online. But I've always sort of made content. I used to have a blog when I was in fourth year. I had a blog when I was in sixth year. I used to post on Facebook. Yeah, I feel like even, I, I, even I'm 29 and I've gone through about four life cycles of blogs at this point. Um, <laughs> like it was just because that would have been, I sound so old, but that would have been the thing my generation, like people having a blog. Like when you were on holidays, you either gave someone your MSN handle or like your blog that you had made and that's how you stayed in contact with each other. <laughs> wow yeah so um that's gas were you an avid cricket fan yeah massive yeah did you do you still play or did you play I used to play yeah I played from the age of about 12 till 17 18 I used to play up in scaries I loved it actually it was so fun yeah do you ever think you do a reaction video of like going back and reviewing <laughs> your cricket I think <laughs> I think I did ages ago actually I did ages ago it was just weird because my voice hadn't broken. I was just a little 14-year-old lad. So um, I might do it again. I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah. And like what made you go, obviously you, you were so kind of 
involved in that kind of creative kind of sphere what made you go do business then um well when I first did my leaving sir I had down to do genetics and DCU and I don't really know why I picked that it was mainly because my teachers said I was okay at science and when I ended up going there just after I'd done my leaving cert I just didn't like it and mm-hmm. um, I sort of realized it wasn't for me so I left started working a part-time job for the first time this is when I was 18 and basically my dad said I had to go back to college and commerce was the only thing I thought I wouldn't hate. I didn't pick it because I thought it would be amazing. It just turned out that it suited me quite well because the hours are quite flexible mm. and I was running my own thing at the side. And then as time went on, the two sort of married themselves a little bit better because the more I ran my business, the more I understood a little bit more of like the modules made a bit of sense. Mm. And uh, also just UCD, you know yourself, it's just a cool, like I, I really enjoyed it as a college. It was so big. It was a great area to make videos and uh, it was just fun to be far away from home because I'm from Lusk originally. So UCD was years and years away from where I grew up. Yeah, it's always so funny. Like I always think back to like, because you're talking about how great UCD is like, it's just a campus. Like I, when I was younger growing up in Dublin, like my heart was set on going to Trinity. Like my heart was just like set and going to Trinity. And then I went to the open day and like absolutely hated it. And then about a week later, I went to the UCD one and I was like, this is the best place on earth. I was like, everyone's <laughs> so friendly. And like, it was just, I think I, I, I like a lot of my friends have gone to Trinity and stuff. And I, I know people who've done like PhDs and everything there. Um, I think I just bumped into a person in a bad mood and that like just coded my whole kind of view of the open day um but yeah like it is it does have from being a person who was a UCD hack if that word is still used in UCD it's, um, it is, it is yeah. yeah so like from being a person that like was was so involved in college life like it does really have all of those different dynamics and aspects and so do you find uh, like your degree was beneficial to everything that you do now or so if you were if you were to go back to 18 year old you filling out the CAO would you have just gone for business first time round if you knew what you knew now uh no I probably would have done the same route really because I wouldn't have known I wanted to do business unless I had fucked it up the first time so uh Mm. and I also I got really valuable work experience the year like my year out if you want to call it because I did door-to-door sales. I worked in a garden center. I worked for a small business. So I got a lot of work experience under my belt and it helped me mature me a lot more. So when I hit September for the second time around, I just was, I felt way, way more mature than my classmates. And I just Mm. understood the, I understood the amount of work I needed to put in. I understood like what it was to earn money and, and all those things. So um, no, I'd probably keep it the same if I could go back. Mm. I think there is definitely a benefit. There's always a difference I find between people that have either worked before college or worked throughout college. Their kind of mentality and mindset towards college I find is quite often different. Mm. Um, but what, so when did you kind of say you were going to make 
videography into a business and start earning money from it? Like, when did you take that first step? Uh, yeah, I had no intention of really doing it necessarily. I got my first pay gig summer of my leaving cert. Uh, it was, I got like 150 euro with my friend Sean to make a video for a coffee shop. And uh, I remember making a little Facebook page for it and I put up a few pictures and stuff and it was sort of cool. And uh, like it was probably two or three more months before I got another video job. But slowly but surely I was getting these little 50 euro, 100 euro, 150 euro jobs. And then when I went to UCD or the month before I went to UCD, I had a job in a small business and I was getting about 400 quid a week working 40 hours a week. And it gave me enough money to save up my, for my first little camera. And then I got that little camera and I went into UCD and I asked around for some like work and the marketing guy in Quinn gave me some one for all vouchers. And then somebody else asked me and it, it was sort of like an organic process. I, I wouldn't say I, like sought out for it to be a business i just enjoyed making the cash and enjoyed sort of having something to do really because there wasn't a huge amount to do in college you know there's only 10 15 hours a week and mm. you're like you need to occupy your time somehow and i knew it was going to fill it with something so i might as well fill it with something that was also going to fill up my wallet so i could buy shit so yeah um, that's sort of how i fell into it but i didn't really have an intention of i didn't seek it out necessarily you know that's why I find it weird when somebody says, do you have any advice for someone starting a business? Because you kind of just like, fell into it. You didn't really. Yeah, I know it's cliche, but that's the same with most things. Like a lot of things, if you go with the flow, it happens rather yeah. than like putting your head against the wall to try and make something happen that it might not, yeah. it might not be your thing, you know? Yeah. And then when, when did you kind of formalize it? So when did say fearless media become a thing? Fearless was 2019, started 2019. So um, oh, okay. like before that, I was like, I was doing making money from freelance 2017, 2018 and looking after that side of things. But Fearless only became like a proper production company in like 2019. Um, before that, it was just me practicing by myself. So, um, and that was good as well because I was getting a lot of experience and making a bit of cash. And, but it, it was 2019 when uh, like I got the office in town with Jake and I started working with like contractors and stuff and we mm. had bigger jobs going on like even now it's it's not the biggest business in the world like it's, it's just me and a few contractors we're not an agent but um it's it's at a scale that I'm pretty happy with you know but it's not my yeah. main priority anymore but I still have people who I look after in the business but I have the house and the business now so yeah that's what I was gonna ask so is fearless media still like going on in the background for you uh yeah it's uh, like less and less now because the house is taking precedence but uh it's still there and i still have people who uh, i really like working with on that but you know moving forward um we'll have to see how things go i guess yeah um yeah so interesting it's so funny that you kind of just like fell into it you like were like i have a skill set the skill set can give me money so i'm going to monetize my skill set which is i think probably be more beneficial to because I think when you go in and go I'm going to start a business like you're so invested that if if you fall at the first hurdle you're not going to want to continue with something whereas yours was just kind of like you were monetizing a skill set you had and you started to build up more and more money so it might have encouraged you maybe to stick with it quite a lot more 
Um, and when did like say YouTube then take off for you? So when did you transition from cricket videos to say day in the life? So I would have come across your page from day in the lives and like UCD and stuff like that and all the mm. kind of coverage you would have done there. So when did you kind of transition into being, I don't know, to so say like a vlogger per se? Yeah, uh, I started doing YouTube consistently when I went to UCD. So uh, probably a month before I started, I started doing like two to three videos a week. And then that first year of college or basically September to September, I did three videos a week every week for a year. And uh, that was like a real coming of age in a way because I felt way more confident in myself and um, I was doing so much and like the YouTube scene in Ireland was so small back then. It's pretty small now, but back then, if you had a thousand subscribers, you were a big dick in the, in the scene, you know? Yeah. And I remember just hitting that first 1K and being like, wow, I should do a meetup. And I did a meetup and maybe seven or eight people came. And I just thought, wow, this is crazy, bro. Like, it's just so cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it was when I went to UCD. And then as time went on, because I was making so many videos, I couldn't help but just make content about college. And then all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, but as time went on, I was just like, oh, Jesus, man, I'm probably the only student resource on YouTube in UCD you can look at. There Pretty are, much, yeah. <laughs> like there are ucd put out videos and there's a girl called becca fortune who's done them before and another guy but nobody and that looking back now it's and i didn't really intend for this to happen but it's how it happened in the end i'm so proud that i'm sure there'll be somebody else who comes after me and does a better job but as it stands if you look up a ucd if you look up ucd on youtube there's nobody else that competes at the level that I, of the stuff i put out and the depth of the like videos that i put out and there's so many things that I talk about. Even now, I put up a video tonight about the money I made in college. Like I talked about everything from like insecurities to money I made to what it mm. was like over the four years to a recap of first year to like if you were to binge my videos on a Sunday, you could go through an entire four years of some guy's life, which is bonkers. Like, yeah, I, again, I didn't necessarily intend for that because as with most bits of online content, it's sort of just just a hamster wheel you're sort of holy crap away i'll do this and and you just do the video but yeah when you look back on it it's um it's pretty cool and i still get messages every day of foreign students going what's it like in ucd tell me what it's like in ucd <laughs> blah, 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 blah. so it's uh that's sort of cool yeah because i actually first came across i can't remember um i think my first because i was trying to think of this earlier like how i came across your videos because we wouldn't have ever crossed say paths in UCD in terms of like timelines of UCD um but I think it was when Casey Neistat came to Ireland <laughs> yeah. I think that was the video I think I was watching a Casey video and I think your video or something That's came up yeah and then I just kind of then went on as I do with like any new person I start watching just a random binge of random videos so I was like oh this is cool like I've never seen someone kind of do this kind of day in the life UCD perspective and it was really weird for being a person that had like studied in areas that you were studying in and filming in and doing all that kind of stuff I was like oh um like and it was never a thing that was ever done like I remember when I was an SU officer we were like because I was into YouTube and just watching YouTube and 
which is very odd for I don't want to say my generation because I'm going to sound like such an old person but like mm-hmm. my brother say is not no Jesus my brother is 21 now so I say he's 19 and my brother is 21 now and he lives breathes and like sleeps YouTube like as in like he just like he doesn't want whereas I sit down and watch Netflix my brother will just sit down and watch like YouTube videos um and that wasn't very common like when I was education officer for and I remember saying it to the sabbatical team be like we should do like day in the lives of this sab officer so people understand what we do and they were like no one's gonna watch them um so then it was really interesting to kind of see you do a day in the life of UCD students and stuff um but yeah um so then obviously you graduated so congratulations you graduated in the middle of COVID didn't you yeah 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 so but obviously more importantly during that time um you founded the go house um which was the goat house to begin with Uh, um but like what like what made you like how did it come about like how did this like tiktok house in ireland how did you and jake go you know what let's just put all our money in and start a tiktok house (laughs) yeah uh so me and Jake were in touch a lot over quarantine. We used to do these weekly podcasts and we were trying to figure out how to blow up our YouTube channels. And one day Jake sent me a text and he was like, oh, I think we could blow up if we pulled together all our savings and gave it away to people uh, in terms of like just giving out cash to people, just like David Dobrik used to do with yeah. like giving away prizes and stuff. And uh, I just told him it was a silly idea. And he was like, okay. But then he came back to me the next day with another idea, which was, why don't we start a TikTok house? And people had come to me before in Ireland about getting creators in a house over a weekend or renting somewhere for a month. Mm. And I I had a lot of skepticism towards it, mainly because I didn't know how it would work. But Jake and I had a different relationship to my friends because like, we were friends because of business, first and foremost. And that's where we related to each other. So he said, no, no, it's not about getting the house for a weekend. It's about, it's about getting the coolest house we can find with the best creators we can find for eight weeks and just running with it. And like at the very least, we could walk away from this knowing that we met a lot of cool creators and had a good buzz. And um, he said, we got to start this in 45 days. So this was like mid-July, which was, so you wanted to start September 1st. And uh, I remember putting on the phone thinking there's absolutely no way we will start this in 45 days. Like, I just didn't understand how we do that. But then we basically just spent all our time in the office and we're figuring out a place to stay, getting the influencers and getting like legal bits done and everything. And um, that's sort of how it happened. And then randomly it, it did start on September 1st. And I was saying to somebody else during the week, but on January of this year, I had it down that I was going to start a new business on the 1st of September. And um, it happened to be the go house. And I didn't think it was going to be that, but it was that. So That's gas. It's like you manifesting something you didn't know was going to happen. And now you're living in a house, managing a lot of influencers on a day-to-day basis. Uh, yeah, it's weird how life works. Yeah. yeah. And like, so how obviously you've addressed you started um daily vlogging I'm actually gonna miss your daily vlogs that sounds so weird but like they're just (laughs) like a five six minute snippet and they're always kind of about something interesting um 
like they're like a nice filler like say I watched the one this evening and just before we started recording about like how you made your money and it's just it's interesting um but like how have you obviously there's been a lot of ups and downs of the go house um Mm -hmm. in particular not that you want to relive them but obviously the issue with one one of the influencers um at the very beginning and them having to leave obviously then you've had the um you moved house the couple in the bed in the background tiktok that kind of blew up um and you've had kind of say beef between um say the the influencers in the go house and other kind of say influencers outside like how have you managed because that's happened in quite a in quite a short space of time um so how have you guys kind of managed all of that or how have you found that kind of whole experience yes good question i think um if I was to look back in the first two weeks in particular, it felt as if it was seven years. It was, it's just so much life was packed into those hours of those days. Uh, there was just lots of things that happened. Sort of the house that blew up uh, in Ireland anyway, like it was reported everywhere. Yeah. I mean, Jake, we're doing interviews everywhere. Uh, we were also trying to put a structure on the house because like we went into it, not really knowing how to structure anything really. Like we didn't have meetings or, we didn't have uh, the food set up. We didn't, we didn't have anything set up really. You know, we just went into it excited and ready to change and pivot and stuff like that. And I think the worst moments was the Marty situation. Like I just emotionally found that very hard to deal with. Uh, Then just sorting stuff in the house those first couple of weeks. And then just having to be someone who's accountable for everything was very like very strange because prior to that I'd only ever had one or two people who'd work for me directly mm. and now there was 18 people in the house or well there was 12 initially and uh any issue it would end up coming to me no matter what time of night so it didn't matter if the issue was at 10 p.m and the toilet fucking broke like I had to fix that and it was just like it was, it was no safe. that's and uh I've grown a huge amount as a person the past three months, even now where like I'm naturally very soft person and don't like conflict conflict. And I've learned to understand that conflict is not a problem and that it can be dealt with and I can get over it and stuff. And that's that hasn't just been me. That's been my friends helping me to get over that mm. and everything. But um just I feel a lot stronger now as a person to be able to deal with issues that come up in an organization and I wouldn't be able to do any of that if we hadn't started it so yeah because he kind of jumped in at the deep end because not only were you kind of starting a business and had all of these employees but you were living with them as well so you had that dynamic of their food their well-being their everything was kind of put on your plate so I can imagine it was a lot of baptisms through fire um to deal with all of those different aspects plus all of the other kind of outside influences of dealing with like any kind of conflict that arose and to deal with kind of any scandal and stuff um and how so and how how have you kind of what are your kind of top three kind of lessons say you've had from running 
the go house um since you started in September or even the 45 days before you started when you started planning to now what are your kind of top three lessons you've learned it's a great question um I think the first lesson is you need to treat your life with a bit more grandeur I'm probably phrasing that very badly but you need to step up what you think you're capable of doing. That's number one. I think we get caught up in very small boxes of what we believe we can do. Uh, I think the second thing would be that you, if you throw yourself into difficult situations, you'll end up, as long as you don't die, you'll end up a lot stronger on the flip side. So like forcing yourself into uncomfortable situations will lead to you being a much stronger person. And the third thing is that uh, like knowing things about money and like managing money and learning how to make it is very important because like, for example, one of my friends said during the week, what makes a good business, like your business is based on the product, but no, it's not. Like the product can be as good as you want. But if people don't buy advertising space, we are fucked. Like the payroll doesn't pay for itself. Like you have to, you have to, you have to sell like, so um, making sure that money's coming in is so important because uh, I can understand how people see money as like this dirty thing or whatever. But here it is from my point of view. I've got 18 people in this house. I've got nine people on payroll. They all have families to feed. They've all got college to pay for, bills to pay for. They've got sick parents. They've got kids who want Christmas presents that or sorry, brothers and sisters who want Christmas presents. I've got to support that, which ache. Like I have to make sure. Now, if everything went belly up, okay, it went belly up. But up until that point, I will work my whole off to make sure that they get paid at the end of every month. The 31st yeah. of every month, I go through that bank statement. I send, the, I send that money to people. And it's, I mean, it's a very happy day for me. It's a very, very happy day. That's probably the most fulfilling thing of the whole, you know, process is actually trying to make something exciting for people to work at. So yeah, um, that's probably the most fun part of it. Yeah. It's interesting though. Like you created jobs in the middle of a global health pandemic. So fair play. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I just have like um, just a few kind of questions to tie up. Um, I'm interested, how easy was it to get buy-in from everyone? So influencers, the landlords that you were going to take the house off originally, <laughs> um, the current landlords um, of the hotel and businesses. So like in terms of you getting businesses to buy into what your product is. Yeah, the like the landlord thing was sort of grand. Um, there was definitely a few players. I think with the influencer side, broadly speaking, it was pretty positive. Uh, there were a few people who of them got a little bit scared or they didn't want to get involved. Um, but for like people are aware of it's way pretty cool to be asked to be part of one um and then from the businesses side it's definitely been a bit slower like we're really ramping up now towards christmas like we have 
a lot of stuff filming over the next two weeks and we're pretty much booked out for January. But there is obviously a bit of a sales um, cycle to everything. And it's, it, you know, we're only three months old. You can't expect stuff to be crazy busy within three months. But I'm really happy with how we're shaping up for 2021 and really happy with how we're finishing up, excuse me, finishing off this Christmas period. Cool. Um, so the big question I have, and obviously you've given snippets of it in your in your daily YouTube's, um, your daily YouTube's, your daily blogs. I sound like such an old person there. Um, <laughs> um, what 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 does a day in the life of a twenty three year old entrepreneur who runs the Go House look like? <laughs> um, I normally get up for like get up at about half we have a morning meeting at 20 to 9 so I'm normally up late the night before so uh, I get up at half eight I sort of roll out of bed stick a cap on so I can't see my messy hair and um, pop in with the guys to see what the morning meeting is just give my updates um, and then it's sort of nine so then at nine I normally set out my stall for the day Um I'm more product and finance focused so I'll normally just go through like our bank statements invoices coming through um, make sure we're set up for like stuff coming in and coming out um, and then I'll do a little product like analysis so I'll just whack together all the stats for the social pages if there's any issues coming up with like um, getting props for videos or people not being happy with the videos or quality control or um, like the analytics for the videos, all that kind of stuff. I'll just have a quick synopsis of that and then relay that to the production team. Um, then my videographer, Ben, I normally like figure out a video with him and I'll normally get an hour where I'll just run around the house and get a few clips. Um, and then I'll get, I'll get him to do the draft, the edit while I work on to the client videos or stuff like that. And then probably from around one till five or six, there's sort of, it's all bitty stuff. It's a bit of record, vlog recording, a few one-on-ones if people need them. Um, you know, talking with Jake about the future of the business and stuff. And then from like six, I like the vlog goes up at seven. So I'm normally finishing the vlog. Then I just like chat shit with the guys a bit, get, get a bit of food, might go gym. And then at like nine or 10, I'll start work again. Because um, that's the only time where stuff is sort of, uh, what's the word, quiet. And I normally work mm. till about one or so. If it's really bad, I'll work all night. But I normally work till about 12 or one. And then uh, I get up at half eight the next day. So it's good that I live in the house because you don't waste any time commuting. Um, yeah. And like there's bandwidth there that if I'm too tired in the morning, I'll get like demo to lead the morning meeting and I can get up at half nine instead of half eight. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's very fun, though. It's definitely like the funnest project I've ever been a part of. Yeah, it'll definitely be something that you'll look back on um, that is so kind of like that you look upon fondly. Like I'd say you've built a lot of memories over the past three months. Like not only have you grown personally and professionally, but you've built a lot of friendships and memories and um, and live with people you probably never would have lived with um, before. Um so my last question is, um, what does 2021 have in store for both Tom and the Go House? Uh, I'd love to fuck off to Bali at some point. That'd be nice. Oh, uh, I was in Bali like two summers, not this summer, last summer. Do it. I was literally thinking, I was like, I work remotely now. 
I could go work remotely for like a month in Bali and no one would know. I was like trying to figure this out the other day. I was like, I could do it. Like, I just want to go back to Bali. Yeah, I'd love to go there and just do CrossFit and like eat some food or some stuff and uh, think about stuff, read some books. Uh, but 2021, to be honest, is probably just going to be, uh, I'm setting up a few of these houses around the world with Jake. Uh, so we haven't confirmed the locations yet, but that's sort of the plan for 2021. So this was just sort of a proof of concept in Ireland anyway, and we'll probably keep up the Irish one. Um, but plans aren't set in stone yet, but the plan would be to do more of them and to go bigger and better. So it's set to be a pretty exciting 2021. <laughs> exciting and is there anything that you will kind of work on yourself outside of go house or will it be full throttle ahead for go house probably full throttle ahead for go house i have a list of stuff i'd like to do whenever i have the time to take a break uh i'd love to learn piano i'd love to uh learn the ukulele i'd love to go I need to go travel because I haven't scratched that yet. Uh, and I feel as if I'd learn a lot more about myself if I went traveling. Um, they're, they're sort of the main bits. Uh, yeah, whatever I do, even when I'm taking a break, I'd probably go pretty hard into whatever I'm doing because that's just how I roll. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny that you say learn piano because I've always wanted to learn piano. <laughs> So at the very start of lockdown, I was in my like lockdown misery facing into like 13 exams to qualify. And at like 2 a.m. in the morning, I ordered myself a keyboard and forgot about it. And about my mother, obviously four months into lockdown, was annoyed at me getting packages to the house all the time because I'd moved home to start saving. <laughs> and uh, four or five months into lockdown, the doorbell rings and there's a huge fuck off box with a piano in it outside. <laughs> And it like sits here That's gas. like and Whoa. hasn't been and hasn't been and hasn't been touched like yeah um but yeah thanks so much for coming on um so if you just want to let people know um if they don't already where they can find you and all that good stuff and where they can follow along the go house yes so thomas arnold is where i am on all platforms it's at it's thomas arnold on instagram and the go house is if you just type in the go house anywhere like youtube tiktok or ig um, you'll find us all there to keep up with what's going on <laughs> perfect well thank you so much for coming on board no problem anytime thank you for listening to this legal diaries podcast we really appreciate your support if you found this podcast helpful or interesting it would be absolutely amazing if you could spread the love and share it with your friends and family and on your social media accounts. Please make sure to tag us if you do. We are an independent podcast run by the three ladies behind the Legal Diaries platform and business. So it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. For more Legal Diaries content, please do check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, just search at legaldiaries.ie and give us a follow. Until next time, Le Gras, the Legal Diaries ladies.